You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi, this is uh, Jay Harwood's the latest edition of the Amazing Mental of My Podcast with my special guest, Mr. Al Ryder. Al, how long have we known each other? 25 years? Well, I, I knew you before I became a med. Yeah. We, we all knew Jay Horowitz. Yeah. Uh, I remember you in the in the dugout in the 86 World Series. I was, but you uh, know, I have one picture of you in my house. Could you just guess what it is? Either 99 or 2000. No. It's a picture of me and you in a swimming pool in a bathing oh. suit on. I got, I got I got crap for that. <laughs> it was the first day in the new pool in the complex, and Jeff Wilpont said, join Al in the pool. So Jay said... I took my jacket, shirt off, and jumped in. I, didn't, I think I had my underwear on or whatever it was. I jumped <laughs> in the pool. And that was a picture. We, we, yeah. we were flexing. Yeah, all right over here. Yeah, that's yeah. right. It was the uh, Swimex. The Swimex. Right. Yeah, 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 it was my first. That's, that's, that's what we got. That's Nothing what, holding up a trophy. It was no, with me. With me, me with, uh, I, I haven't been swimming much lately. Yeah. No. no. Although it's very good for you, Jack. Yes. Yeah, Al, growing up in Tom's River, you could have been a Yankee fan, Mets fan, Philly fan. How did you pick the Mets? My father. Father. My father was born in a hospital that no longer exists in 1927 under the 59th Street Bridge. Um, his, my grandfather moved out to Bayshore, Long Island. My dad grew up in uh, East Islip, Bayshore. And, you know, then years later, fast forward, my dad was athletic, but he didn't play sports based on his right. life, right? You know, it was a kind of right. a tough era of, you know, prior to World War II and all that. But what triggered him to be turned on by not only baseball but the New York Mets was that inception when the Mets hired Casey Stengel right the lovable losers and actually being one of six I have five older brothers one twin sister I'm the youngest of seven my dad didn't like the Yankees well two things because of all the winning right. <laughs> through all the you know 50s and the 60s every you know 50s whatever they always won and he thought as an example because the Yankees back then, some of those guys, they like to join, you know, frequent the Copacabana and other places. Billy Martin, those kind of guys. Yeah, like Mickey, that. whatever. You know, they're having fun, right? Boys will be boys. And I guess in some way, my dad was like, no, I want, I want my boys. I like this lovable loser thing. And he just grabbed onto the Mets. So, and then here comes John, my oldest brother, John. Uh, he started the lighter boys of playing baseball. Then I grew up, as you said, in, in Ocean County, down the shore. Um, and John went to my mom and said, I want to play Little League. So that's, what, 10 years old. John's nine years older than me, so I'm one. And that started. And his the reason why I bring up my brother John, because John, Carl, Eric, Kurt, Mark, who played in the Can big you say it backwards? Mark, Carl. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Eric. <laughs> Kurt. That's good. Um, he... he all he tried to do was emulate Tom Seaver's delivery. Right. You know, from, you know, from 67 on when Seaver was rookie year. Yeah, and the rest is history. So it was no BS. How exciting. You know, August 27th is going to be old-timers again. First we have in 22 years. is a historian of the Mets. Exciting for you to see the guys. We have uh, 462 Mets here, 569 Mets. Probably over 65 guys coming. You can reminisce, go through 73? Who's on the 73 team? Um... John Stearns, you know, seventy-three. 
Yeah, well, no, um, Felix Mian is coming. What about Matlack? Matlack is coming. Good. How about Wayne Garrett? No, I didn't. I made some enemies. I didn't invite a whole lot of people. Did you know when the... Uh, Wayne Garrett? No, I, I don't... I, wait, if you didn't hear this, it was Al's... Sorry, decision. Wayne. We, we invite... I'm trying to think. Right, so let's see. I'm 65, so I was 80... I'm eight years old. That was very impressionable, the 73 team. We, with we, Willie Mays with his arms in the air yeah. when Buddy Harrelson was safe. Yeah, I, I, we extended an invitation to Willie, but if he could travel, that would be that would be great. But who's your favorite? Who are you looking forward to seeing the most there? Wayne Garrett. Well, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, so here, I all right. How do I do this? Um, I, you know, how my career started with the Yankees. I go to Toronto. I go to the Marlins. But every time that I came through Chase uh, Stadium, there was always something that was very. Um, uh, you know, reminiscing and very uh, uh, emotional uh, as far as my time as a fan and growing up, you know, being around the stadium periodically. So when I got to the Mets, there was there were times in my seven years here that you and others that organized with the old Mets. And I remember whether it was a ceremony on the field right. or they and I would always come out. It was always Johnny and I, you know, like yeah, there was other yeah. guys, but like, you know, Johnny Franco, of course, being every bit as a Met fan as I was. And it didn't matter. It didn't matter. I mean, just seeing, but you know, Ed Charles and uh, you know, Buddy Harrelson and Art Shamsky and of course Ron Swoboda. Um, Is there one favorite guy or just? Uh, well, I, I, I mean, Tom Seaver. Like, I mean, oh, that t yeah. When you were here, uh, how much interaction did you ha have with Tom? I mean, well, I mean, uh, not whenever he was in, I, yeah. I I did everything I could to seek him out because I, you know, you're around royalty there. Uh, he was the Mets. Are you looking forward? You know, we, on opening day, we're going to unveil a Seaver. By the way, all right. Let's let's. So the the old timers game. Thank you, and whoever else is behind right. you that's supporting it financially. Steve Cohen is really big time. He wants to uh, you know, dedicate our history and celebrate our history. So we have uniforms. Uh, we got nice rings for you guys too to celebrate the old timers game. And I really appreciate it. And and I and I come from a place as a fan. I remember. Of course, Yankee Old Timers Day, right? right? That, you know, that, let, let's face it. I know there's Mets fans listening to this. You're going to get pissed off. But, like, that that was the benchmark for yeah. all organizations, and, and justifiably so, right, from, from Babe Ruth on, like the rest of it. So when having experienced that and seeing the Old Timers was cool. And I always thought, like, what? Like, there's, there's some other franchises that have the history to be able to yeah. celebrate their past. You don't have to have 20-something World Series. You have people who loved that generation. We can have Al Leiter pitch it to Mike Piazza or, or Dwight Gooden pitch it to Ron Sabota. This is what I'm really looking Who else? Really Give me another hitter. Give me a, a big hitter. Lefty. Uh, I'm gonna, um, I'm Robin Ventura. Were your teammate? I'll serve one up for yeah. Robin, but I don't know. He's got a line drive swing. I yeah. need somebody uppercut. Hey, let me digress for one second. Talking about Robin Ventura. You got World Series rings, All-Star Games. I won World Series in 86. People ask me my 42 years, what was my greatest thrill? I go back to the 2001 team, you know, because with 9-11, we made a difference. You know, the ring was great, being the Red Sox was great, but my legacy, I'm so proud to be a part of that team with you and Robin and Johnny and, and Todd and, you know, Joe McHugh and Vance Wilson. We did so much to give back to the community. That was my favorite. That's number yeah. one on my list. Wow. With, um, well, I mean, what it meant to all of us, yeah. right, and it extended beyond baseball. I mean, it was, 
literally life and death and sadness for a lot of people that were affected and what you did with Tuesday's children and yeah so we all started that it was great you know it was good to be a part of that you know looking back you know that's we we 20 years it was very emotional night for you for everybody right it may that that moment in time for all of us that were alive and and wherever we were when 9-11 hit it it made for me what how insignificant life really was right right because i mean literally in the matter of seconds it, it changed tens of thousands of people directly and then of course millions of all of us i remember that tuesday morning you and i had a conversation you were supposed to pitch that night in pittsburgh i think you called me or so i forget what the conversation was but you this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You stayed there, and you saw actually the planes hit the tower, right? From, you never got there, the Pittsburgh. No, so I never did this in my whole career, uh, but I figured from, from LaGuardia to Pittsburgh, there was like a flight every half hour, and it was my oldest daughter, Lindsay's first day of school in New York City, because we were living in Florida full-time, and that's when we decided to live full-time, and I, I finished with the Mets. So my last four years, we lived in Manhattan. So she was nervous, justifiably, she was a little girl, and I was like, I know this is messed up. We had an off day. We were coming from Florida to Pittsburgh. We had an off day right. on that Monday, 9-11. Um, and I, yeah, I, I was on a plane. I was on a tarmac ready to take off for Pittsburgh. It was like a, a 8.45, 9 o'clock flight. And then I got on the phone with you, and we were trying, you were trying to help me scramble. I'm in a New York City taxi cab. The person was going to take me to Philadelphia. I'm going over the Triborough. And I look to the left, still see it right as I talk to you now, Jay. The, the, the tower's burning smoke, right. you know, right there. Clear, yeah. beautiful day, as everybody remembers. And I'm on the phone with you, literally. Look, I'm like, Jay, oh, my God. And we weren't, obviously, hindsight, right? You did everything to try to help me get on a plane <laughs> in Philly. So I'm yelling at the cab driver, get it. And they shut off Randall's Island. Yeah. So I didn't like, get you on a plane. No. We shut off Randall's Island. They shut down George Washington. Yeah. I tell the cab driver, I said, I don't care how much it is. We have to go up to the driver. Yeah. Or, uh, no, the Tappan Z. Yeah. And uh, he's like, okay, okay. Well, the rest is history. Yeah. But, yeah. So Dale Earnhardt's family is to racing, right? What the lighter family has become to pitching. God willing, not going to Jack makes it to the major leagues. You'll be the first family to have four pitchers pitch in the major leagues. You, your brother Mark his son, and hopefully Jack. How does it make you feel? Wow, is that, that, that's a, yeah. Wow. Courtesy of Elias. Thank you, Elias, and thank you, Jay. I wondered if that was ever- Never uh, happened before. So here, let me let me go one, let me go one further, because I actually, my brother Mark, who played 10 years in the big leagues, right. played for multiple teams. He was actually here in 2001 right. uh, in spring, and then uh, Steve Phillips traded him to Colorado, but my son pitched in uh, his first major league spring training game a couple weeks ago out in Arizona for Texas. It was a day game. That night, my nephew, Mark's son, who's had a couple years in the big leagues, right, right. was pitching that night for the Chicago Cubs against San Francisco and Scottsdale. Really? That's great. So 
I didn't think much of it, Jay. Now that you said that, if Jack, God willing, stays healthy and makes it, really cool that that's never happened. On the same day, two guys that played in the big leagues, I watched my son with my brother. We got in the car from Surprise, Arizona, and, and drove over to Scottsdale that night with Jack and watched watched Marky pitch for the Cubs. Yeah. No. Jay, that like honestly, like like there, there's. Most of the time in life, you don't really stop, snap yeah. it, you know, snap the yeah. shot. And then that night, Mark was being very, you know, kind of sentimental, emotional. He sent me a text. And then, and I just started thinking, I'm like, yeah, how is that pot? Like, you have to have the two guys that play in the big leagues. You have to be in the same city, in this case, spring training. Oh, right. it's spring training. And they pitched on the same day. That's crazy. I mean, you, did you did you know right on Jack would want to go this route? I know, know you, you probably didn't push it on him. It was up to him. That he wanted to play? Yeah, I mean, from the beginning. Did you know he wanted to play from the beginning? Uh, yeah. Jay, I don't know if you remember. I mean, Jack, like, this big, running around here. Sure. Like, even as I sit here in Port St. Lucie, like, after practice, I would either take him out here, like a lot of players do, yeah. right, with their little guys or girls, and just throw the ball around. He always had a glove and a ball in his hand. And my thing with my son, and he's not the biggest guy. He's not 6'1". He's six foot something. Right. Um, I said, Jack, look, you know, as I saw his development and his interest and his love and his desire to work and want to get better, I said, look, this is what the guys are doing. This is what I did, and this is what the guys are doing. You know, as far as process, program, routine, workout, you know, all the stuff, right? And be self-motivated because it's not, this is not for me. Like, this is cool if you ever, you know, if you, wherever it amounts to. But this is you. Like, I love you for whatever you do. I remember watching you at the Vanderbilt games. He looked like a nervous wreck sitting in the stands. Not. I, I, so here, really? So here, I will say this, Jay. Yeah, you look and like... By the way, I, was, I don't want to say annoyed because how dare I, but, you know, now when I look back, because I have friends, oh, geez, they're always on you on the camera. I'm like, well, thank <laughs> Beep! I'm not, I'm not telling them to do it. So... What I started to do, for anybody out there that thinks that um, uh, it's maniacal, which it wasn't, but I used to keep my own chart. You know, you know, starting pitcher's chart. Right, right. right. So it was my way to have a conversation with a lot of these kids that really don't talk that. These kids don't know how to talk a whole lot now, if you know what I mean. Like, right. they don't engage as much. Um, so how do I engage and have a poignant, real baseball conversation with my son who probably maybe maybe not really paid attention as to what actually took place so I would chart and I did simple charting and this goes back to even like you know the summer ball all those exciting summer ball events and then he did you know the old Ameri you know whatever the stuff and then the high school and then he was on the team USA whatever it was hey uh, I, it was an engage it was for me to be able to engage in a real baseball conversation with my son that was it now it did keep me busy to where maybe if I got a little nervous, I I was focusing on 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 my stuff, my Harvey Dorfman yeah. stuff, right? Execute a pitch. Where was that pitch? One, two count. He hung a slider. Middle, middle. Guy hit a double. Oh, slider's up. That's why he hit it. Oh, geez. The last two innings, he's faced seven batters. He's been ahead only one time. He's behind in the count. Like, stuff like that. So when the time is right, hundred percent when it's right. It's not like, hey, kid, what that? You know, you just, hey, Jack. You, I you mean, know, you had to be proud to wait, you know, number two in the country. I'm a very proud dad. <laughs> I'll smack you. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's pissed off. He's number one. <laughs> <laughs> We're number one. We're number one. <laughs> um, 
No, Jay, amazing. <laughs> amazing that, you know, how does life turn? How does it play out? I don't know. We don't know, right? We don't know. So all of his work, well, I mean, we could even go back to high school because he, uh, you know, you know my path. I, I would have gone to University of Florida. I, right. I signed out of high school. Money mattered in my life. Thankfully, I thank God every day uh, for my my son and my family that, you know, baseball's been good and life's been good. Right. So I was glad that it wasn't a money decision, and I'm grateful for that. But early on, you know, my wife, Lori, she's a lawyer, and I'm Einstein. <laughs> Albert? Albert. <laughs> um, Albert. <laughs> No, but it was Jack. You're going to college, but he would have been a first rounder out of high school in Del yeah. Barton, New Jersey. Like that was, and it was funny because some of the guys that I know, as you know, this baseball community is very small. Leading up to the draft out of high school, they thought I was pulling some of these guys' legs, and I had a couple scouting directors call me the Saturday before the draft when Jack was in high school. He's like, "Al, don't mess with me. Are you sure he's going to college?" I'm like, "Yes, he's going to college." He goes, "You're not gonna." I'm like, "No, I'm telling you, he's going to college." So that experience for Jack yeah. to go on to Vanderbilt, great program, right. great coach. Tim Corbin talks about making these better young men, better friends, better teammates, better sons, hopefully someday better husbands and fathers. That, that's Tim Corbin's kind of mantra. And then it comes to X's and O's and, you know, baseball. Let me talk Mets for a second. You've been Mets camp a couple of days. Uh, you know, you do a little minor league stuff. What's been your, your impression? You know, Scherzer, DeGrom, Bassett, Walker, Carrasco. Uh, I, I mean, I, I want to be careful because I don't want to make it sound like I'm, you know, like a complete homer here. But I'm pretty honest. I'm honest. Like, you know, I might do my TV stuff. I, I'm not a – it's not a – I don't really sh- – like, I tell the truth about what right. I – you know, hey, that team's good. That team's bad. Oh, what's he doing? Going over – this team, and I'm trying to think even when we went to the World Series and some of my teams, this team roster-wise, and maybe you'll be able to help me because I know 15 they went to the World Series. This roster, I think, may be the strongest roster that they've had since you might have to help me going back to the 80s. To the, I mean, it is. I mean, probably stronger than 15, I would say for sure. You know, and I mean, the staff is probably stronger too. You know, I mean... Uh, yeah. Well, I should say it. We had DeGrom, no, no, no. Siddiqark, and, and, um, and, and Matt. You know? I know, but DeGrom wasn't DeGrom yet. Right, right. Um, you know, Matt Matt was coming on. Yeah, no, I, I got it. And that was that was special. That was a very special. Right. Uh, it's just when I look at this team and what they're building, it's not only solid at every position, but what I like about this, because it really matters in this day and age, especially with – uh, high performance nutrition and what they do for respect to these guys have given them days off this is this is now a lengthy bench as well you go back with Buck a long way what is in your mind what does he bring to the table as a manager in the Mets candidness um, he's going to be unbelievably with a tough media market with being able to diffuse that's really important to us somebody in the media I mean to be a, a spokesman for the team and and command a clubhouse because you put out the, all the bullshit little you no know question. little brush fires no like question. all the stuff that comes up and the, you know I get it you know it's funny I, I can't believe I, time flies but uh, I retired what spring of 06 so that's like what, 15 years yeah. ago or something you know so it goes fast as you know Jay people life um, but the more I get removed from it yeah was I was I would I get a little would I get zing once in a while by Mike and the mad dog saying something yeah. stupid 
or uh, you know one of the columnists who who were spot on, but I didn't like what they wrote. Yeah, you know. You never we, ducked, though. I mean, you no, never, you never no, ducked. no. Yeah, never we, ducked. We, I mean, but that's where I think if players, if if it gets personal and the and the comments or the things in which they're written or said that are not tangible, that's where guys get yeah. pissed. Because when you start assuming what you think the player is thinking or what you think the player might have done or should right. have done. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Your eyeballs tell you execution or lack of execution. And if you just go on that, and there's a player who's upset, if I went out today and I went three and a third and gave up five and I walked five, I stunk. And now I'm going to be upset. So you have to do. And I'm going to be upset because the back, the post has like, lighter stinks. You know, put a big stinker bomb over the thing. Like, so what? Did you admit? Did you pitch the first game in Miami? Wait, here. So, I'm sorry, because you know I'm crazy. I already had my five-shot latte. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Johnny, if you're listening, I used to, Johnny Franco, I used to get Johnny Franco lattes, and he's, like, sitting in the bullpen. His heart's, like, pounding. Um, Buck Showalter, the right manager for the right team in the right city at the right place. 100%. With the right group. Everything. I, I, I can't say enough nice things about Buck. And he's honest. It'll be accountability. When the things, not if, when things go sideways, you're going to have a a real seasoned adult in the room that's going to help. Probably I'm going to have the wrong date. When we got you, you, what was your first start for the Mets? Was it in Miami? No? Uh, Did you pitch opening day? No. Well, I pitched a couple opening days here. But no, in 98, they gave it to Bobby Jones, I think. I remember one time. We yeah, I did have f- an opening day in Miami. We lost the first game. The headline of the post was seventy-five million dollar bus. I thought it was your game that we pitched. You lost, whatever. Boy, I wish I signed for seventy-five million. Then, what? Um, two, one. I remember one dinner we were at together. How do I not remember? Was it in? Was it in Miami, Jay? <laughs> Nineteen ninety-eight. I thought we opened up home. I remember we lost it. Headline was, you know, we spent all the money. We that was lost. that might have been the next year. I think that was ninety nine. Um, I remember we would have did it. The writers did it a couple of years ago. You were honored for losing the World Series yeah. game against the Yankees. But the Soho's rolling right through the middle. You accepted the award for losing a World Series. Yeah, that, I think that was it's like it, I've, I've never accepted an award for losing, giving up a hit, losing like a World one Series. One game was probably my favorite Sal Lighter game was the playoff game against the Reds. We traveled all night to get there in Cincinnati. I think in the eighth inning, they gave up the second hit, and you looked at the board and said, I've only given up one hit. You really didn't know how good they gave it. It was a five nothing shutout. I think Ricky and Fonzie got home runs early. Yeah. So that so the home runs early was like, it yeah. felt like it was 10 runs. Yeah. And that was a time when I think I had a lot. Of, I'm looking at stats because uh, I guess DeGrom has had some, you know, rough run support. And I think one of the, you know, Twitter sites that had me like similar. So, which is fine. You know, you get your pit. We had some tough pitchers, as the right. NL East has. Uh, thank you, Jay. It was uh, a, a big moment because, um, like a game seven, generally speaking, if your starting pitcher uh, lays an egg, you're probably going to lose. Um, and I knew the importance of it. 
what made that game really unusual, Bobby Valentine told me you're, if uh, I think the Reds had to lose for us to go on to right, Arizona. Right. I was pitching game one against Randy Johnson, or I was going to pitch this 163rd right. game. And we had to stay at the Diamond Club at Shea Stadium. Right, we left really late, yeah. Yeah, yeah. because they had a central time zone. Right. I think it was extra innings. It's crazy. Like, everything added up. So we left late. And, yeah. And it's moments like that. I think early on I sprayed some. I remember Oral Hershiser coming in and Oral being kind of the older guy. I put his arm around me in one of the innings. I, you know, I'm a lunatic anyway when I pitch. But no, I don't think so. No, well. I'm not a lunatic. <laughs> but then I settled in. And I, uh, Pokey Reese uh, hits a hits a, a double down the left field line. I'm getting the ball back from Ray Ordonez, and I see in uh, in Riverfront. I think it was still Riverfront. Right, right, right. And I see the one hit for the Reds go to two hits. And I remember getting the ball back. You're you're Ray, and I like right over your head. I'm like, and I looked at him like, and I turn around. It's it's uh, no, it's in the ninth inning, Jim. Yeah, it's one out in the ninth. That was not the eighth inning. It's the ninth. Like Kevin Cosner and for the love of the game. Well, that's it. <laughs> so you know how I feel about the late Harvey Dorfman. Yes. Like yes, he turned yes. my life around. Yes. And I've and I was admitting to that back in the uh, early nineties when guys were, oh, I'm good, you know. Yeah. No, no, you're not good. And I could tell. You could tell the guys that are fake tough guys. You know, oh, I'm good, I'm good. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're 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 one in four your last five starts and your ERA is seven. If you're good right now, well then your your expectations stink. <laughs> So wait a minute. So by doing that, you get in this zone of of being in where you want to be with respect to what your job is as a pitcher. So that, for the love of the game, if anybody hasn't watched that that final I scene, love the movie, yeah, where he says clear the mechanism, yeah. and you got all the the, the, the you know the the. I loud, you got the girl back at the end. Which got the romantic. girl. Yeah, made me feel. You good. like the love story, sappy movies, I, right? I love the love story with with uh, you know with. Uh, Ryan O'Neill and, and uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, Meg Ryan. T- oh, Tucker McGraw. No, not Tucker McGraw. Meg Ryan. No. Meg it, Ryan. Me- no, it wasn't. Uh, Tatum. It was, Paul O'Neill. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Uh, back then, you would have. Let's go. You sparked something. Just told me. One of the few guys started your own charity. He said to me, just renovate your own high school field. Lighters Landing back in the 90s. How did you get. Was, who would granted you to give back and do it back then? Uh. I, I think just knowing it's the right thing to do. Knowing how grateful, blessed, and lucky I was to have played 19 seasons in the big leagues. I made a very good living. Um, it's a lot of money. Uh, where, how can you affect people who could use some help? And then that just branched. I, I think the impetus behind it was, you know, as celebrities here as a, a Major League Baseball player, and you did an unbelievable job pulling great. us all in. No, but but guys like you, Jay, deserve so much more well, credit. Well, it's good to make it easy, yeah, for me, you know. Okay, but, but understanding that I can affect other people favorably because of what I do every fifth day, in this case with the New York Mets, to throw a baseball. And I made a lot of money. So how can I help them? And then I get you to help with an organization that's willing to have their players go out and make a difference in the community, sign me up. Yeah. When you get back to New York, do you think you're going to take your picture with Tom Seaver's statue? Oh, yeah. 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 I'm forward. hoping it's the, is it, it's the day before open. I want to be there. It's I, the 15th, yeah. I know, I know. It's, it's, uh, that's like the day before uh, Easter or something yeah, like that, right? Yeah. Or Passover for some of us. Passover for some. Some of us, yeah. All right. <laughs> Good day. <laughs> 
Mr. Leiter, a good friend. I appreciate Oh, my God. I, hey, folks out there, I love Jay, um, in case you didn't know. And uh, really, you mean so much to the Mets well, organizations historically, presently, because I know some of the guys down in that clubhouse also miss you. Yeah. Um, and you know how I feel well, about I appreciate you. Well, I appreciate you, good friend. Good friend and I know you're very, your humility is obvious. Wow. But you're a legend. Well, appreciate that. Not enough. trying to make you feel uncomfortable, right. but if I keep going, can I get you to cry somehow? I, I can cry, yeah, I can shed a tear. Trying to think who was the other in in, in Ryan O'Neill, uh, I was thinking of Ali McGraw and Ryan O'Neill. I cried about nineteen times in that movie. I love that story. Why did you cry? Because it was just romantic, it was nice, it was uh I it's a, just a nice love story, you know, and uh, I just cry at love stories. Did you cry in Bull Durham? No, not really. When Nuke couldn't throw it over the plate? <laughs> <laughs> I cried in major leagues. <laughs> oh. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, that. my pleasure, man. All right. Thanks, dude. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team.